Welcome to the Invisible India podcast. I'm Jessica. And I'm Abhishek. We are a cross-cultural couple doing life in India, exploring the lesser-known mysteries of Indian culture, interviewing fascinating figures who have chartered new territories, and sharing life as we raise our multicultural family amongst the complexities of modern Indian life. A good afternoon from sunny, hot Bihar, India. Today I wanted to share a little bit about something unique that I've been through that I I don't know if a lot of ladies have had the experience in India of um, going with having a natural birth or having a natural provider. Um, Not to say that I'm the guru on this topic or anything, but... I uh, did do a lot of research and talk with a lot of women about this, and I find that there's some really interesting both stigmas in the culture, uh, stereotypes about natural birth, some really odd things that middle-class people think about birth. And I just wanted to kind of throw out that those things that I've learned over the last couple of years here being in India. Um, my first birth was in the U.S. And, um, again, you know, we kind of went through the same process, learning about all of the providers who were the best providers for our situation, ended up having, um, you know, the same result as I did this time, which was a natural unmedicated birth, but the process was very different. So for anyone that's not familiar with how it works in India, it's basically kind of they India kind of skipped the whole industrial revolution and they went from uh, in, in some senses most of the larger cities kind of had some of a industrial revolution but most of the country went from an agricultural society to a digital society pretty quickly so there's a lot of changes that have happened huge generation gaps between people you know in their 20s and then their parents who are some in their 40s some in their 50s people even who are in their 30s whose parents are in their 60s 50s 60s and 70s uh you know basically some people have the very old school mentality and then younger people have this totally digital modern mentality and there's a lot of things that get kind of lost in between so most parents um in india people my generation would say you know i don't want my kids to suffer like we had to suffer you know doing this whole natural childbirth thing or didn't you know have access to the interventions and things that you would want but the reality is that actually we're now over medicalizing my doula for this birth divya deswal which we want to have on sometime to talk she said that at some hospitals in india they have even up to an 80 percent c-section rate and not saying everyone who's had a c-section you know didn't need it because certainly cesareans can save lives but 80 percent is just Insane, and it's an astronomical figure, totally over medicalizing the process. So, 
some of the reasons for that, I think people have a very fear-based mentality on childbirth here. And I think that comes from a, a reaction to the previous generation's experience of childbirth, which is a lot of times was in the village and maybe having to travel to a little bit of a larger town to find a doctor that knew how to deliver. And a lot of times, even in um, smaller towns, you would just have the baby at home. Women would have a, what they call here a dai, or just a lady that, that knew how to deliver babies, no medical training or anything, just come and help you. And that's how you did it in the village. Uh, a lot of these people are born without a birth certificate or unregistered births entirely, which causes a lot of other interesting sociological factors, but we'll just stick to the birth <laughs> factors. You know, a lot of them are unvaccinated. A lot of them are untreated with a lot of um, really important preventative type of stuff. A lot of them don't have the basic knowledge. And so, you know, some of these babies do get sick and some of them would pass away back in those days. And even today, that still happens. So there's this kind of fear. The more medical interventions you can have, the better. Is kind of what the new generation thinks. And there's also a lot, a push kind of against traditional values. So in general, the generation, our generation, I'm just kind of got gapping, grouping together people in their 20s and 30s, mid 30s, even up to 40s. A lot of people our age would really push back against any traditional values, which is actually quite a shame. Certainly there are some things that we can leave in the past, but there are a lot of really important things that we need to cling to important learnings, things that we should never forget that our grandparents went through, or even our parents had maintained through generations. And one of those things, I believe, is wisdom about child rearing, wisdom about childbirth. So my experience was coming in with the mentality of knowing I wanted to have a you know, less intervention type of birth and people just kind of telling me I was crazy. <laughs> folks around me, my peers here saying, why would you want, you know, why would you want to do that? Like, why would you want to not have any medicine? Why would you want to travel to a different city when there's, there's a good hospital right here? The good hospital here in town, in our town, um, does routine episiotomies, and they basically put you in a ward where other birthing women are, and... They just kind of make you lay on a table and give, pump you full of Pitocin and try to get you in and out of there as fast as possible. So I didn't really want that experience. And that's the best experience that we have available in our city. That's the standard of the best experience. Ironically, I found someone who is very specialized in high-risk cases but yet she also works with Divya Deswal, this uh, doula that I keep talking about, and I will keep talking about it because she's a fascinating lady. And how I see it is she's just an out-of-the-box thinker when it comes to medicine. And, and doctors here in India are taught a very linear type of logic. There's, you know, there, there, there definitely could be a lot stronger problem-solving or risk-taking, but again, it's a very fear-based mentality when it comes to childbirth. 
ironically, even though she does a lot of high-risk stuff, her ability to think out of the box has makes her an awesome doctor for people who want to have a less invasive experience. That was my experience. I lived in a different city. I used to fly for checkups every um, couple of months. I just did some of my basic checkups here in town in my local city, and I was told by my doctor, you know, um, I had um, a low-lying placenta in the beginning, and I was kind of, you know, scared about that. I was told, don't do any exercise, don't do any yoga, don't do any vigorous walking, don't climb the stairs. I mean, basically everything that you should be doing as a pregnant lady to stay healthy, I was told not to do. Don't pick up your your son. You're like, what? Like, how am I going to function in life? And I think if I follow your advice, I'll probably be more unfit by the end of this pregnancy. So there's just, again, a very worried and fear-based mentality around all this, which you really have to push back against. Another interesting thing, as I was going for my checkups, and you go for the routine blood test and everything, if there's the slightest thing wrong, you know, you kind of, they kind of try to scare you. And another thing, interesting thing, is that we don't, um, aren't allowed to know the gender in India of, of your, uh, of your baby before the baby's born. A couple of reasons for this are selective female feticide and infanticide, meaning that people will selectively find out if it's a girl they will abort the baby or even kill an infant that's not, you know, basically that's not a recorded birth. If this is in the village or somewhere, they will let the child die. This is a big problem we have in India as well as other countries. But India has actually made it illegal in all states to find out the gender of your baby before the baby's born. Some have said, oh, there are a lot of ways around that. The doctor might indirectly tell you during the ultrasound. Here, ultrasound texts don't exist. They're all MDs that do ultrasounds. So they can kind of tell you right on the spot what you're looking at, which I actually liked. In the U.S., my first experience was, oh, the doctor will tell you everything. You know, the doctor will determine the report. Don't really get to see anything (laughs) until the doctor tells you. So here, they just tell you right away, oh, look, there's a healthy blood flow in the cord. They've got fully formed head. They've got healthy nasal cavity, whatever. They can tell you things, these things right on the spot, which is nice. Um, But they will not tell you the gender of the baby. And they can actually go to prison if they're caught telling you with the gender of the baby. People say that you can also go to prison for asking. That happens less often. So that was a very interesting thing mid-pregnancy to kind of, you know, be going through your pregnancy not having any clue if you're having a baby and having no control of having any idea if you're going to have a boy or girl. Then getting to the the end of the pregnancy, people here basically treat you like a porcelain doll that you shouldn't do anything in the end of your pregnancy. Climbing the stairs out of bounds, squatting down, wrong, washing your hair a certain way, wrong, getting cold, going outside, you know, when your skin is slightly wet, horrible. I mean, just drinking something cold, drink eating ice cream, sin. I mean, it's just crazy the things that people say here. There are a lot of superstitions about 
childbirth and pregnancy, which maybe I'll talk about on a different podcast. It's very funny to me, actually, all the, the funny things that people say. So then, you know, in the end of my experience, I uh, shifted to a different city so that we could be closer. Every time we went in, it was a little bit pushing back against the status quo of, all right, you're almost 40 weeks. When are we going to induce? People are very nervous here about going over 40 weeks. I don't really know why. I went over 40 weeks with my first child, and it was totally fine. I went to 41 weeks. Totally fine. Um, And the people were even telling me this time, the ultrasound tech and everything, oh, your baby's quite small. Logically, why wouldn't you give the child more time to be in the womb? seems to me that it would be a good idea to keep them in there as long as possible. But okay, you know, 40 weeks hit and then, you know, the pressures started for when are you going to get induced? When are you going to get induced? And so I just kind of pushed back against that and I was supported by my doula quite a bit for that decision and, you know, and in the end we ended up having every you know everything started on its own. Basically what happened was we I started my labor, we went to the hospital. I had my baby 15 minutes after I reached the hospital. So I really didn't utilize a lot of the birth services of the hospital per se. In fact, the doctor was not in the room when I had the baby, nor was my doula because things happened pretty quickly. And I just went directly to the hospital and just kind of had the baby unassisted. People were there. No one really knew what to do because the doctor and the doula that are the ones that know about these things, neither of them were there, so they were on their way. Looking back, I probably could have had a home birth, but I'm not. I'm a little bit nervous just about home births for myself personally. If you, you know, if other people do that, more power to them. I totally support them and think it's fantastic. I'm just a little nervous myself. So it was it was a wonderful experience having a baby in India. It was a very different experience. So in short, I had a great birth experience in India. It was a very different experience than my first one. It had the same, very similar end result, but the whole process in the middle was very different. I don't really think there's any reason to be afraid to have a baby in India. I felt you're generally healthy person and low risk. I don't feel like there was any, probably the, actually, you know, the, probably the biggest risk would be to be over medicalized. But if you go with the right provider who will support you, which are few and far between, but they are there, then I don't think there's any reason to be scared. I I was really thankful for my, um, the people that came around me and supported me during that time. And it was a pretty amazing experience. Actually, I'm eternally grateful to the, my doula and my doctor and the and my doctor here in my current city as well who provided me a lot of care in the pregnancy. If I can do it, anybody can do it. Anyone out there thinking about having a baby in India, if you're not from India, if you're not familiar, this was my experience and I'm happy to share more in a further show in person. You can just email me the, or write a comment on the podcast and I'm happy to get back to you about that.